All right. Okay. See, that's the same shit that happened with Dewan in the corner. What the? That's oh, why you got to stretch but... before the game, so your muscles <laughs> is loose. You got to do brain ups. Whatever. <laughs> hey, uh, this, this this frame needs to be readjusted on yeah, one of these it, shots. Yeah, this yeah. one right here. Okay, I'll, I'll be. Need a little space. <sighs> hey, man! Black History Month is almost over. It's Black History Life. <laughs> You know this country is in shambles when you're black and you can't admit you're black. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hundred years after Babe Ruth did what he did in the 1920s. Talk about it. A lot of you people don't, out there don't know Babe Ruth was black. Mm-hmm. You know I'm from Pas. I'm from Pasadena, California. I like to attribute. Pasadena being the reason why baseball was integrated in 1947 by the illustrious uh, Jackie Robinson, who had an older brother that was much better than him that didn't make it. But in some circles, that's a falsehood. Jackie Robinson didn't integrate baseball. A mm-hmm. lot of you people don't know that Babe Ruth was black. Uh-huh. Talk, sir. Talk, sir. Uh-huh. Babe Ruth was a black man. Wow. Who could pass. And I will, I will say he probably did the best job in history because he did it in front of our eyes. Yeah. Talk that talk, George. He said yeah. George. George. <laughs> he did it right in front of our eyes, man. He did a lot of really progressive things. A lot of people don't know when Babe Ruth died, he tried to become a manager in baseball, but the owners got together and said none of you hire him because they knew that he would bring black players up from the minor leagues. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they blackballed him from coaching because of some of the progressive <laughs> things he did as a player. Like that's mm-hmm. That's like, but that's like typical. It's like when you've been told the perfect lie, the truth is un- unbelievable because the, the integration between black and white in this country is way more close than people know it is to be. Because at, at the same time, and you can find this in the book, The Five Negro Presidents by J.A. Rogers. At the same time, Babe Ruth was killing that shit. The president was black, Warren G. Harding. Well, Nigga, Warren G. Harding, and that motherfucker died in office too because mm. he was doing like, he, had, he Warren G. Harding, Harding was outwardly racist president. Right. You know? But policy-wise... He would do all kind of shit underhand because people don't understand. Like black, the government, black people were integrated and were able to work government jobs up until the night when Calvin. Um, uh, what's that motherfucker in nineteen fifteen? Whatever that, whatever that asshole's name and who was president in nineteen fifteen? That motherfucker segregated it, right. and then it was Harding who was trying to bring like, no, let these niggas work, and that motherfucker ended up dead. But when a nigga like me talk, people were like, no, that don't sound right. No, like well, it only take two generations. Harden lived like a black man. You know I mean, Warren G. Yeah, yeah, he had. And they say he used to sleep a lot. Sleep. That was one of his staples as a president. He used to sleep a lot. During the 1922 World Series at the Polo Grounds, John Rawlings was on the opposing team of Babe Ruth, and he was shouting, shouting out racial slurs during the game, calling him a nigger, mm. calling him a coon. After the game, Babe Ruth bursted into the locker room and tried to fight him. Mm-hmm. During the melee, reporters ran in behind Babe Ruth. They had cameras out. They was writing. Babe, stopped the fight. And one of the reporters was about to write, hey, uh, Babe Ruth was upset that a play- another player was calling him a nigger. And Babe took the pen and the paper, ripped the shit up, and said, man, you can't report to these people that you saw this. You can report that I'm mad, but don't report that I was angry that they called me a black man. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, the same thing happened with Abraham Lincoln. When he was running for president in eighteen uh, in eighteen sixty, 
The motherfuckers had like bills calling him. You saw his picture is Africanus under that. They're like, this is the nigga. The Democrats are like, don't vote for this nigga. Yeah, it's some old school shit in this country, man. I'm, I believe it, Craig. I believe it. You got a Babe Ruth nose. Hey, man, his shit wider than oh, mine. Oh, my God. We, we, if you combined us, we would look like Babe Ruth because I got the skin tone. You got the nose. I got the weight. After the Yankees won the World Series in 1927, Ruth joined a brainstorming tour against Negro League teams. He befriended Satso Pades, sat in opposing dugouts, and mingled in the segregated stands. This upset this upset racist, the racist baseball commissioner of the day, Kennesaw, who wanted to prevent integration in the major leagues. According to baseball historian Bill Jenkinson, Ruth sought to become a baseball manager after uh, after he retired. He didn't get a job because owners thought that he would be the first person to try to integrate baseball. Mm-hmm. Oh, Roof was born in 1895. His parents were of German ancestry. He was raised in a poverty-stricken neighborhood with six siblings. He and one other brother were the only uh, siblings to make it out of infancy with all six brothers and sisters that were born into his family. Yeah. So four out of the six kids his, his parents bore passed away during infancy, which is fucking crazy. That's crazy. That is. Um, his father owned a salon or a saloon, and his mother was an alcoholic. After his mother had an affair with one of the father's bartenders, his parents divorced. At age seven, Ruth was sent to St. Mary's Industrial School for Boys. During that time in the orphanage, he was taunted, and they used to call him nigger lips. Uh, and it's crazy, Craig, because for people thinking this is a far out concept, it only takes two generations. Man, look at. Look at uh, I was out to, 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 to either lighten up or darken up. Okay. I was at the Hollywood Bowl and Herbie Han I love Herbie Hancock, one of the greatest ever. And he brought his grandchildren out. And his grand because he 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 had he, you know he had a baby with a white woman. And then those two kids were white. By the time they got to them grandkids, them motherfuckers look like goddamn Bob Saget's kids. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. yeah, so that that's a lesson, man, you know. You can't be hanging with them darkies. Greg, you better start fucking with us, man. I'm fucking around. That man crazy. <laughs> <laughs> around. This, this nigga blaze. This nigga blaze. Things aren't what they appear, man. Yeah, sure. That's the lesson with that, man. Sometimes the evidence of things hides right in front of you. There's right in front of your goddamn face. There's a concept called Darvo. Darvo is deny the behavior, is the D. A is attack you. R is reverse. V is victim. And O is a fender. Sometimes when you deal with motherfuckers that just want to do shit and not be accountable for it, they use the Darvo method to duck the accountability. Hmm. Catch Darvo. a motherfucker in a lie and they deny it. It never happened. Was it? The Darko Millie? Babe Ruth never happened. It wasn't me. Uh, it never I don't know. I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Attack you. Baseball has been attacking. Blackness for a long time. Look at the Negro Leagues. Yeah. That was the first comp form of competition for Major League Baseball. <laughs> it was crazy, too. My grandfather, he just, rest in peace, just died this past June. And he, we, our last conversation that we had, May of last year, he was talking about going to Negro, Negro League games at South Park in South Central. Right. You know what I mean? That was a park where Barry White used to grow up beating niggas' asses. 43rd, San Pedro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was just talking about how he's like, man, the Negro League games, you know what I mean? You could just pay a nickel. And he was talking about how it was a better experience than the Hollywood All-Stars, which which was a minor league baseball team, which eventually became the, uh, the Angels. Right. 
He was just talking about how, like, you know, the game, a lot of the concepts, the mascots, a lot of the showmanship. All Negro that started Leagues. started with so. Negro Leagues. And MLB was looking at what the Negro Leagues was doing. He was like, yeah, but when Jackie Robinson went, a couple years later, the shit was over with. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough thing, man. You know, a lot of times they get us by killing two birds with one stone, man. They destroy yeah. it. You know, they, they it's common, man. Two yeah. birds with one stone. Do you know where that, that saying comes from? That comes from Greek mythology, right? It came from them two projectiles you could shoot out of one nose. Well, yeah, hey, that's <laughs> hey, 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 boom. I had to be complicit in that. <laughs> as much nose blowing as I do, Paul. <laughs> Paul. Daddyus. Daddyus? Da, his name is, uh, maybe I'm saying Daddyus? Dejulus. Killed two birds and one stone in order to get the feathers of the birds and make his own wings. The father and son who escaped the labyrinth used the birds' wings, used two, used the feathers from two birds to create their own wings and escape from a labyrinth. Okay. In Greek mythology. And that's why a lot of people try to kill two birds with one stone. People do this shit all the time. Okay. They do it all the time. We say the saying, kill two birds with one stone, but there is examples in life where people are trying to kill two birds with one stone. You just got to make sure you aren't one of the birds. <laughs> you ever been in a relationship with a chick? In science, they 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 diagnose them as schizoid chicks. Schizoid. <laughs> schizoid. Schizoid. This nigga said I look like a... A Tubi superhero. Hey, <laughs> you had that media group. <laughs> Glasses, not the clothes. Tubi. <laughs> People. I think it's an angry, angry pigeons. <laughs> so a schizoid, a schizoid will kill two birds with one stone this way. If, say, ladies, you ever dealt with a man? You was dealing with him for maybe like a year. You guys were getting real serious. You loved him. He loved you. Y'all moved in together. You guys start to get intimate. Your soul starts to open up. You care about her. She cares about you. Then this man pulls a pulls a trick on you. He says, hey, I don't know if I like this being in a relationship with one woman. I want to I think I want to practice polygamy. Right. But why practice polygamy? It's not because he's really a polygamist. It's because the man fears intimacy. Okay, okay. So using polygamy or any other scapegoat is a form of schizoid personality disorder. It's how they triangulate. So they kill the relationship and they kill the feeling or the the, the vulnerability of being intimate by putting it off on something else, like wanting to be polygamous. It's a scapegoat, ladies. If you deal with a nigga that acts like he's going to commit to you, and then all of a sudden one day is different, the nigga suffers from schizoid personality disorder. Uh, <laughs> Don't think it's your fault, ladies. Because the niggas are coward and scared to be a man and stand up and be with you and keep his word with you. Yeah, it's your fault. Fuck with Craig Tumble. Hey. Take that weenie. Some niggas out here are sick. <laughs> and they'll never admit it. Right. They'll never admit it. Hey, Blaze, man. Your glasses got me ready to listen to Make My Funk to P-Funk. Oh, man. 
Man, I love them funky motherfucking glasses right there. I it got to cool. get. Hey, the Pyro nigga stole that whole up. saying, P yeah, Funk. Yeah. You can't even say P Funk without Compton niggas standing out there. See, P Funk. I love you, Compton niggas, but that's George Clinton. That ain't y'all shit, nigga. Stop yeah. thinking P Funk is some Compton shit, nigga. That's Parliament, nigga. Yeah. He's, like a space, he's, like, he's like a space cowboy. Right, I thought P was for me, but yeah, Parliament. That's Hell yeah, man. Like, looking like blaze wings. Two birds with one stone is common when somebody wants control of a situation. Preach, Craig. Preach. You got to realize when when certain shit that is being sabotaged or when you become aware that somebody is trying to sabotage you, what really is going on with that person is they're experiencing levels of intimacy and accountability that make them uncomfortable. They just want to move and do what they want to do with no fucking consequences. Mm -hmm. When you realize somebody is suffering that way internally, you got to have love and empathy and compassion because that's what separates you from the sick is the fact that you understand a behavior pattern and you know how to move outside your emotionality. Okay. Some people don't have that ability. So they try to make you one of them two birds that they kill them with one stone. <laughs> Lazy what is the method of destruction? I mean, it depends on the person and what and what and what traumas they've experienced in their lives. Some niggas try to destroy you through bitches. They triangulate females and they use bitches to run their missions. <laughs> That's because they have a hate for their mother and they have no empathy for women and what they go through. So they'll destroy you in the process of trying to run a play. That nigga's oh. stupid. That's going far, man. No, nah, that's not going far. There's <laughs> science behind this. I'm not making this shit up. I study this shit, nigga. He's studying that shit. Yeah, yeah. Some niggas try to destroy you another way. Some niggas think they can rob you and take your money and that's going to destroy you. Some niggas think they can just beat you up and put hands on you. Some niggas will sit outside your house all day, wait till you go to work, and then go through your mailbox. <laughs> Destruction comes in a multiplicity of ways. Craig sneezes. All kind of ways she can be destroyed. All kind when of you shit. become aware, it just is what it is. That's what separates you from people who, who operate like that, is the fact that you still have the ability to love. Don't lose your ability to love or your empathy for somebody that's suffering. Just separate yourself from the bullshit. They just trying to look, man. They got a barrel and there's some crabs in it, and they trying to throw you in the barrel with the rest of the crabs. Pause to all my crips. I'm not this. My daddy's a crip. Uh, my daddy's an original West Side crip, period. So, nah, I'm not even on that type of shit, but I'm letting you know what the fuck it is. Fellas, you ever deal with a woman and she's always bringing up a friend of yours or pitting you in competition with somebody else? That's a two birds with one stone strategy. Explain that, brother. She's trying to destroy you by comparing you to someone who you she shouldn't be comparing you to. Okay. It's a way to create a sense of inferiority. Bitch might compare me to Blades because he's taller and think that mattered to me. Might compare me to Dewan because he's bigger and think that mattered to me. It's just someone trying to use what they feel could be an insecurity to gain control over your actions. Some people would rather destroy you on the way out than build you up and leave. That's because of self-hate. Anytime somebody is trying to destroy you or weaken you on the way out, that's a reflection of them. Stop taking sick people's actions personal and just separate yourself from them. Yeah, that's okay. all you can do because other than that, how do you not, you know, identify a motherfucker that's sick? 
Unless, I mean, you know, you, unless you're sick too. <laughs> I mean, no, nah, I mean, I mean, people dedicate their entire lives to studying this shit. The information is out there. Don't be a nigga that is 80 and dies alone in a hospital bed with no visitors. You probably could have got an extra 10 years of life, but didn't nobody give a fuck about you enough to come visit you. So you laid in a hospice for 10 years and you died of loneliness. These are the type of people that do this shit. It catches up to you at some point. Okay. It catches up to it you. Do, if do. you being a disgraceful motherfucker, <laughs> your day is coming. Wow. It is. Ladies, I'm telling you, if you were a man and you love, you've been with him 10 years, you invested in this nigga. Y'all got kids together. Okay, he slipped up and fucked another bitch. He ain't shit for that. But don't destroy the mental health of your children and the future of your family because of one mistake. Hey, man, hey, Craig, I saw that a lot working with kids. You get these boys raised on the mistakes of their fathers. You dig what I'm saying? Sometimes you'll see it really pronounced when you have two boys and two different fathers. One kid to get treated this way, the other kid wouldn't get treated by, by, like, by, by shit. Right. Because the moms are still having that connection to that baby's father. And this nigga now 14 years old, and you ain't, you know, you ain't fuck with that nigga in the last six months. I mean, because they be still be dipping back with these motherfuckers and doing all kind of shit, much they be lying. You know what I mean? But you see these children got to pay the price for it. Right. Because they destroy these babies because they mad at some nigga. Don't be that person, man. If you, if ladies, if you fucked up with somebody, you fucked up with that person. Don't be going around destroying no kid over that. That's some bullshit. These older niggas that fuck with these young pretty bitches. They be trying to destroy these bitches, and then they throw them back into the dating pool. Hey, fuck you. I love these girls, man. I, mean, hey. I, want, them, I want them to be all right. Hey, I want man. Them to be better, man. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. I don't want to ruin all I want to, I want to build you up, sweetie. You know what I'm saying? And, and never let you down like that beer commercial. What's that? <laughs> Those were the glasses they was wearing on the Wiz. Remember on the motorcycles? <laughs> <laughs> Little birds on the motorcycles? Yeah. <laughs> Those are Wiz glasses. But why do y'all always want to build a bitch? Uh, I mean, you know. Uh, oh, you, okay, Sarah. Yeah, I don't want to build shit. That, you can't build a woman that's already an adult. You, you know, like Blaze said, Blaze asked me last week, have you ever thought about going to therapy? Of course. Nigga, I call BetterHelp all the time. Uh-huh. Call him. <laughs> I call BetterHelp all the time. They know me at BetterHelp, nigga. <laughs> I'm on speed dial. When I call, they don't even say, welcome to BetterHelp. They say, Craig, how you doing? <laughs> Craig, what's up, brother? Yeah. What bitch we talking about today? <laughs> Dumper. You know? But for me, ma'am, you know what I'm saying? My ministry is comedy. Yeah. That's my ministry. I ain't a religious nigga. I don't want your money. At your church, I want oh, you to. Okay. I want you to come down to the comedy club. Your payment giggles, and I want you to laugh. <laughs> yeah. I want you to laugh, man, because I've been through some shit, man, and the shit I be spewing, nigga, it's all it's all righteous shit. It may not always be right, because I don't give a fuck about always being right. The Bible ain't right. There's a yeah. there's a book in the Bible. You mean Nicodemus ain't right? Nicodemus ain't right at all. There's a book in the Bible where it says that the Lord sent a bear to kill 40 children. God damn. Somebody please look yeah, up that yeah, scripture. Oh, oh, I know that. That's because they, they were laughing at Elijah. Because they were laughing at Elijah. At his bald head. The nerve of them. So, so the Bible sent a bear to kill some kids because they're laughing at Elijah, but... If niggas say some shit about Elijah Muhammad, motherfuckers go over and laugh at them. 
Right. That's some crazy ass shit. Like I, the Bible said, kill some kids. Hold on. Let me get, let me, let me, let what me look it up. That, that, that got to be it, Deuteronomy it, and some shit. It's called right. Elijah. The I never two, read Deuteronomy. Go ahead and read it, baby Elijah girl. and the two bears. And it's in second Kings, uh, two, uh, chapter two. I didn't two, read Kings either. And it reads, then he went up from there to Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, young lads came out from the city and mocked him and said to him, I'll put it on the screen, uh, go up, you bald-headed. Go up, you bald-headed. When he looked behind him, he saw them. He cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two female bears came out of the woods and tore up 42 Two lads bitches killed 40 kids. Of uh, 42 lads of their number. <laughs> and he went from there to Mount Carmel. And from there, he returned to Samaria. So that means... Craig, if you lived back in the Hebrew days, your ass would have been dead at the age of nine. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas. No hope. <laughs> Niggas. Bears would have fucked you up, boy. That's crazy to me, dog. Hey, yeah, like, why did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got to sit in that oven? Right. Why? Like, you, you couldn't prove the point before the motherfuckers got put up in that bitch? You right. know, I scared them boys. Hey, man. Everything. It happens to you in your life that's painful can be turned into a positive through laughter. Don't think that fucked up shit is only happening to you. Look, I'm 41. I've lost it all three times and got it back up until age 41. And I trust you. You still holding your composure after a nigga sold you that beanie. Hey, hey. <coughs> I've lost, lost it all you and know. got it back three times. Up until this age. When I say lost it all, I mean negative money in my account, nigga. I mean a week to pay rent, and I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get it. The first time I was in college hooping, I cracked my tibial plateau. I showed up to school with a broken leg. I thought it was sprained, but it was broken. Immediately, once I got the MRI, I went from being a full scholarship hooper to a Prop 48 hooper, and I had to figure out how to pay my own rent because on Prop 48, you, st you you don't get no stipend. You take yeah. eight units as a, as a student, and you're, you're on the team, but you don't get the full scholarship benefits until you sign yeah. the joint. So, nigga, I find this out a week before I'm supposed to sign. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to pay rent. You know how I pay rent, nigga, with zero dollars and no help from my parents? I throw a house party at the apartment. Okay, okay. I need a thousand dollars, and nigga, in five days, I came up with twenty one hundred, nigga. I went and stole a bunch of beer from Vons. <laughs> oh my god! I made some flyers, threw a house party, and paid my motherfucking rent. That's been my life, nigga. You know that's what they say, man. A, a good man could be completely wiped of his fortune and build it back. Hey, there we go. And Preacher if they, Blaze. And if they could the take it the from you, if they could take it from you, it never yes, was yours. Yeah. If that. they could take it from you, it was never you. I don't give a fuck if you had it 10 years, five years. If they could take it from you, nigga, it never was yours. You know, I know Craig is winning because when he was in college, that shirt was six ninety nine at Big Five, <laughs> and today down at Craig's winning, that shirt probably was eighty nine dollars and seventy eight. It's a fifty dollars shirt, nigga. This used to be at Walmart. Yeah. That, that experience to be Big Five for like six ninety nine. Yeah, this is yeah. Like, you know, like you hey, won a championship, you winning now. Champs made a comeback. We'd roast you out of school with that shit. Well, hey, I remember, when, remember when those Dream Team jerseys came out and they were champions. Yeah, niggas was like, man, I wish Nike Ooh. made these jerseys, yeah. man. But they was the official jersey. But it's like, uh, why the NBA with this bullshit? Get the fuck out of here. Remember hey. I had the little the, the, the shoes, all that was trash. Man. Another time I lost it all, nigga. Uh. 
Mom's had some shit happen to her. She was in the hospital, critical condition. Pops was so stressed out about it, he had a stroke, nigga. Nigga had a stroke. So we, I'm 19, nigga. Mom's in the hospital, critical condition. Pops had a stroke. He can't, he can't do shit. He can't go to work, nothing. Guess who had to pay the bills for the family? Uh-huh. Your boy. Man, you're tough out here, man. I can't talk about what I did to pay the bills, but the motherfuckers <laughs> got, paid. got paid, Nick. Hard times, man. I had four girlfriends one time, and two of them left. <laughs> oh, my mm-hmm. God. Two of them. They just cut out on me. Like, you know, I ain't taking this shit no more, Blaze. You ain't finna... You know, can't I'm see like, your eyes, none of that shit, huh? Right, right. I, you know, <laughs> they try to turn me into a negotiator. I'm not negotiating with Tara. So anyway, I'm <laughs> from four to two. But I, hey, guess who? Guess who still took care of that Benz? Guess who still put new rims on that thing? Terminator. Your boy. You understand me? <laughs> I had to do what I had to do. You know what I mean? I, I, I was, I was supposed to get some, uh, you know, some Street Hawk Pirellis, or whatnot, but you know what I mean, I had to, I had to go with the Michelin and whatnot. But hey, hey, I survived, man. I said all that to say this is why no nigga can stop me. Man, say that again. Wow. Hey, man. Unless you're willing to die to try to stop me, nigga. We both going. Yeah. That's how serious I am about this shit right here. We both going to die, nigga. Yeah. Yeah. If you ain't that serious, nigga. Yeah, God damn it. Don't come barking up this tree, nigga. Straight up, nigga. Yeah. And, and that's how serious you got to be about your goals, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, man. That's how serious you got to be about it, man. We live one life, man. Ego and and having hurt feelings and dealing with a woman that don't respect you. Ain't none of that shit worth it, man. <laughs> ain't none of that shit worth it, man. If you're dealing with a chick and she acting like she could do better than you, tell her you love her and gracefully bow out. That's it's it. no reason for two people <clears throat> to be in a situation where they devaluing each other. Right. Because they want to feel superior to the next person. There is no superiority. You got your lane, baby, and I got mine. I don't even know why that's a concept or an issue sometimes. You know when people talk about breakups and divorce, why is that a bad thing? Imagine you being engaged in any type of contract that's not beneficial for you, that's not working for you. (laughs) When you signed it, it was all good. It was sweet. But two months later, three months later, it turned to shit. I'm excited to get out of that. You know what I mean? Like if me and you having problems, Daisy, I'm excited to get away from that because you think you can do better. I think I can do better. You know what? Try it. I'm, I'm going to try it. And you know what I'm saying? I'm with you on the like, I agree. There's some people who fall in love and get married, then hell, 10 years from now, mm-hmm. niggas change. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, like people be going around ashamed and talking shit about as a man, I look at people who got divorced. It's like shit, nigga. You tried it, didn't work out, or sometimes niggas just grow apart. But ain't nothing to be ashamed of. Hell no, you know you don't never have to be Babe Ruth around me. Right. You don't never have to act like you something you're not to keep an opportunity <laughs> with me. All you got to do is keep your intentions real yeah. on all aspects of how you deal with somebody that's benefiting you. Yeah, yeah. The problem that people have is when they try to outsmart the next motherfucker or think they're getting something over on somebody. Yeah, that's what's connected to a deeper rooted thing that's connected to childhood, because when you weren't given an identity that makes you comfortable in being yourself, you assume whatever form you need to assume to get what you want from a motherfucker. But that's deception. And if somebody is sharp enough to pick on pick up on the fact that you're not being yourself, you lose credibility with certain motherfuckers that you could be getting help from because you're shape shifting Instead of being who you are. 
Why are you scared to be yourself? Why are you scared to be vulnerable? If you participate in anything of value in life, vulnerability is what makes you better. It don't make you weaker. It don't, you, you, you're not standing taller or looking better because you don't think your vulnerabilities out there are out there to be, are, are not exposing themselves. A lot of times when you think you hiding something, you're really exposing yourself. It, it, it comes down to knowledge of self. It always comes back to knowledge of self. People go around, don't want to be vulnerable, don't put up all these masks and shit because they're afraid to see who the fuck they is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Find out who the fuck you are. I guarantee you, you're going to like it when you start telling the goddamn truth. Stop being the bitch. And even if you don't, so what? That's your business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if, yeah. if, if, but if, if it's stopping you from being the best person you are, uh, why would you? Why would you? You only, you only got 70, 80, 90 years on this bitch. Yeah. Why would you want to let this motherfucker at 40% when all you got to do is find who you are? At least live at 80% of this bitch. I don't think nobody. Go on vacation when you want all that good shit. I don't think nobody does any. You know, what, what you witness in somebody, what you pay attention to in somebody, they never see what you say. When you say, man, if you just be for real, if you just be straightforward, if you just be vulnerable, if you, you know, because you can see all those things, they, they're not sitting there telling themselves, you know what, I should be vulnerable right now, but fuck that, I'm going to try this. No, no, no. They're doing something that they think is okay, that they think, you know, is working, that they feel good about. Right. So they don't, they don't, they don't know what we know. That's why, like, when you give an advice, somebody you don't tell somebody what they should be. Hell no, you can't tell nobody what they should be. Oh, yeah. What you can do is just be like, "Hey, man, this worked for me." Here's a suggestion. But there's no value in devaluing someone else to get what you want. Right. You can still get what you want and be respectful and honest to those around you in your immediate circle. If you're willing to discard and devalue those around you that help you, your spouse, your children, you know, what I'm saying, uh, whoever then there's nothing you wouldn't do. Yeah, right. There's nothing you wouldn't do. And it takes principle. You got to have principles to, to get, yes, to, sir. To, get yes, to something that's really, that's really going to sustain you for a long period of time. Look at, look at hip hop, man. All the, all the fly by night, um, one hit wonders in the club rappers, they come and go. All the time. But all the <laughs> niggas that have a little bit of substance stick around for a long period of time. I can name them all, nigga. We still screaming Tupac. He been dead 30 years. He been dead oh, 30 years. Hey, Craig. We can take the music in general. You can look at motherfucker Frankie Beverly and Maze. That nigga never went number one. He hell, he didn't go top 10. Right. But his music was full of so much stuff, substance, he ain't released an album in 30 some odd goddamn years. But he sold the YouTube theater out last week. Right. It's something about substance. You may not be the most popular person. Yeah. That's I mean, right. other people gonna gonna shoot higher. They 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 star might shine brighter for a little bit. But if you got a little bit of substance behind what you do, that shit gonna stick for but a minute. I actually what? think that he just found his niche. Who? He found uh, Frankie Beverly. Well, that's well, what the one saying. A lot, a lot of people yeah. find their niche, but I'm saying, but if your niche is is niched in a whole bunch of superficial bullshit then it's going to be hot for the moment. And I'm not judging one against the other. I'm just saying when, when your niche is rooted in some level of substance, whether it be hip-hop, yeah. acting, whether you got a motherfucking tool company right. and your tools that you make are strong and they're going to last a lifetime, it's a lifetime guarantee. Right. If you got substance behind whatever, if you nigga that wash floors, but you kind of motherfucker, if somewhere ain't right, you're going to come back over here. You got substance to whatever it is you offer. Some people don't, some people can't see that far though, bro. I they agree. You can't people, save everybody. That's you know, true. I, I'm, I, I, my job ain't to say. I say fuck them. Nobody. 
You know what I'm saying? I say fuck them. If yeah, you can't. I, I ain't even say fuck them either. But I'm saying my job is to be the best me that I can be. And there's people you, around you. me that I like. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the, the best thing I can do with people around me that, I'm, that I like is let y'all know that I'm open. Hey, if I'm, Who are you? <clears throat> you know what I mean? A nigga with glasses. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying like when you, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Your job is to be the best you you could be. But who are you? Most people who can't answer that question. How, how how are you a human and you're not a part of something bigger than you? If everything is based on you and how you feel and what's going on in your planet, what what's the genius of you? If there's nothing to compare it to, yeah, you got to find you. Get, you got to understand that you're you're a part of it all. We all want individuality. We all want to be recognized for what we are as ourselves. We want people to look at Blaze and Dewan and be like, that's a hell of a motherfucker. We all want that admiration. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But once you, once you get that attention, what makes you legendary is, is the fact that people can look at you and take something from you and apply it to their life. Like, yeah, who's yeah, going to yeah. remember a selfish nigga? Who's going to remember? You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's, who's going to remember a nigga in a lowrider by himself? <laughs> nigga, they don't have it, nigga. What's the, they got car clubs because niggas want to be able to measure themselves in a respectful way amongst their peers. That's why. But, but there have been great people in the past that were recluse, you know, recluse. How, re, oh, whatever. Sorry, but it's a difference between recluse, recluse, recluse. recluse there you go, Blaze. Being recluse because some shit is medical. Some genius, mm. some genius is not sociable. Some niggas can never socialize. Right. Everything is three hundred and sixty. Everything has its level to it. Thing, you know what I mean. Some genius is going to be in the back. Some is going to be out front. Right. That's why it comes down to knowing who the fuck you is. That's all. That's I'm why saying. all knowledge comes back to who are you. It's all you. Because people will be looking at somebody else's genius, and you comparing your genius to that person's genius, and you're never going to measure up to that person. Right. But your genius is over here, and the air that motherfucker can never touch. Yeah. But if you spend all your time looking, that's where that, all that hater syndrome come from. Right. That's where all that self doubt, self hate syndrome come from, uh-huh. because you're looking at somebody else's thing. You got to find out your motherfucking thing and be that nigga. Yeah. Some and things are be, not comparable. Yeah, and it'd be indirect hating. Like you might not even know you you might not look at it as hate, but but by you staring and examining somebody's situation, the way you perceive it, you know, maybe it don't line up with the way the person is maneuvering and, and, and it can seem like hating. That's why you don't worry about what nobody else is doing, period. That's you know, why we gotta do what we gotta do. And 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 if Dewan slide over here, I like Dewan, you know, so I'll share something. If he asks me a question, if you know what I mean? Right. If he don't, he don't. You know, and if he end up on some selfish shit, if he end up, you know, just lingering around or try to wear shades so he can get close to me and shit and, 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 and infiltrate <laughs> me, to get close to you. Then, 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 then that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, 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 people, I think, people weep themselves out when you do that kind of shit. I, I, like, all I gotta do is get close to a plug outlet to get close to you. you <laughs> right there. But but healthy healthy boundaries are a part of that though. Absolutely. So if you're a person and you see something you want and you move in a way that's de- deceptive despite the circumstances. So if say you got something I want. Uh-huh. Say it's a car. Uh-huh. I really want this car. I take the license plate of this car. I run the plates on this car. Who does this car belong to? Okay, it's his car. Now now I'm trying to, now, now instead of coming to you and say, hey man, I really want this car, can I buy this car? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything 
around me. Around me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go to your brake man and see how long you've yeah. been taking the brakes to you. I'm gonna go to your engine guy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna call your insurance company. If I see the car parked on the street on a day where it's street sweeping, I'm gonna call the police. Make sure you get a ticket because I'm trying to set everything up because I want this car. Wow. You know that see, people be scheming. That's why I like. I cut the. Go ahead. Healthy boundaries. You know what I'm saying. That's that's respect. That's very you much. Just, you just don't stop. You just don't start crossing boundaries because you want something. Right. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's like, man, it's, you don't have to take what I have or try to take what I have. You can just build the same thing I have for yourself in your own well, way. Remember that thing you said earlier: if it's yours, can't nobody take it anyway. Yeah, but if you got so, somebody in your, in, in, if you got somebody close to you and they're even making an attempt to take it, that's disrespect. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely disrespect, yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, but again, that's dependent on the person still. But that's now we're talking about a disrespectful person. And when you talk about disrespectful people or when you talk about, you know, uh, uh, unhonest people, thieves and all that, they never last long in a real circle. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's, that's the weakest form of any being, a man, woman, that's the pettiest shit you can be. So, so you know, guys who are on our level, man, who think like us mentally and, and, and who conduct ourselves as such, nobody like that will last that long around Well, me. Ben one in the chat room said something. He said the key to it. At the end of the day, respect is key. Number one. Everybody can be, because like, everybody ain't going to be the same. Like, right. That's why, That's why he, again, you got to know yourself. Right. I got a cheat code. I just be in a nigga's car and tell them exactly who the fuck they is. It's, yeah. I'm always right. But... Is that and it's, and it's always right because it's like everybody is different. Yeah. Like no two niggas are alike, right. and even people who are right there who got the same everything. It's still you got twins. It's gonna be variation. Right. But motherfuckers always want to be on like America be lying to us, be making us think that we can all come together as one and live this holy metropolis. That shit don't fucking exist. You got to be cool to who the fuck you is and have respect for the next man. Love yourself. And have respect for the next person to be whoever the fuck they is. And at that point, we could do what the fuck we do. Yeah. But all this old coming together bullshit, why you don't find out who you are, that shit ain't gonna never work. Or just putting people in the corner. You doing things to people because you that nigga ain't gonna do nothing. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna just make this move. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna just cross this boundary. That nigga ain't gonna do shit. Real talk. That mother be trying it, boy. Well, I'm just saying, like when you a man and feel, when you a man and you feel like you have the right to test another nigga's manhood, yeah. that's that's not righteous shit. That's that's Think punk. That. That's, that's punk very disrespectful. That's punk behavior because what ha- this is what happens. That's why niggas end up shooting up jobs or a nigga <laughs> kill a nigga for fucking with his bitch because it's always a habitual line crosser that has the belief that you ain't gonna do nothing. Or has to be like, man, look, at the end of the day, you don't test people you love. Yeah. I still don't believe that, man. I really, it's like, that's like a contradiction to me because on one hand, you're talking about somebody crossing the line, openly knowing, you know what, fuck Dewan. I know this ain't right, but fuck him. I'm going to do it anyway. That take a lot of dick and balls. So, so for you to have all this dick and this balls to right. say fuck Dewan, right. that's, that's some bitch shit to be doing. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing: people that's taking a, 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 that's, a, that's, a weedy, that's a feminine approach, right. but, but you're doing it boldly. Like you know but, what I'm but saying? But the thing is, that's conceptual. The fact is, it happens every day, yeah, no, fifteen it, to fifteen hundred thousand times a day. I believe that it happens. I don't believe that. I believe that this weenie 
don't know he a weenie, and he's just doing some weenie shit. Ah, uh, niggas don't think weenies. No, 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 look, look, look. I don't play the innocent shit when you get to your thirties. No, 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 not innocent. I'm just saying. No, I'm saying no, he's a loser. Either way it goes. You disrespectful. You a loser. You all of that shit. But but that's just who you are. No, no, no. I, I, heard, I heard you say I heard everything you said. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is I don't give people that, that in their twenties. They might that little niggas is young. Uh-huh. But by, if you in your forties doing that shit, no nigga, you know you trying to get over on me. Fuck all that. You ain't innocent. You 44. Fuck all that nigga. No, you you you've been a crook your whole life, and what's happened over the last since you've been an adult. You become a more refined crook. You become, you've gotten exposed in your 20s, so you got better in your 30s at being a crook. Damn said, they're going to have a weenie off soon. These niggas are innocent. On your no, no, Nigga, innocent. you a crook. You just thought you can get one and you didn't. No, no, nobody is, who play those games is innocent, so it's not about innocence. Um, what I'm saying is, is, is the guys who do that at this age and this stage in our life, is because they've been doing this. That's how they live. Yeah, well, I agree so, with that. So, so when you live like that, there's no, there's no, there's no. You can't conceptualize what's going. It's just natural for you to go to weenie route. It's okay, natural for you to go to the back. Let me let, let me ask you a question as a leader, because because I I bring shit like the, this up, and this is why. Because we got a crew of niggas. I've been fucking with niggas for a while. Right. Young niggas watch us and figure out how to operate in their situations, mm-hmm. right? So so say it's a guy like that in the crew. Uh-huh. How would you suggest a young nigga deal with that? Because look, man, nothing is worth burning a bridge. Nothing. None of this shit is worth killing over. None of this shit is worth fighting over unless I'm married, it's my wife and my kids. So none of it is that serious. Right, right. But how do you teach a nigga to deal with somebody who thinks that the only way for them to win is at their expense? So it's very simple. So here's an empty seat. Let's say this empty seat guy right here is a guy doing that. And 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 if I recognize it first, you know we all teammates, we all brothers. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna run it by one of y'all. You like, yeah, I kind of see that. Dewan, get we get the same consensus. Now, if we if we really like and respect this brother, then we gonna sit down and we just gonna rap to him. Like, look, bro, um, you know the way you maneuvering, the way you is is really coming off like this. Now, is that what is that what your intent is, or is that just what you're used to? He might not be used to an elite group of brothers like us. He might right. come from a place where right. you know dudes like us fake it on him, yeah, yeah. to get him. Yeah. So, so we give him an opportunity. So, so that's that's when we see who he really is. That's when he look look up and say, "Fuck y'all! I ain't finna ask y'all when I should call, who I should call. If y'all don't like it, then what? You, you know what I'm saying? Right. That right. I ain't coming. Or, or, or he might say, "Damn." I didn't really see it like that, brothers. And you know what? Uh, before I got with y'all, you know, the other crew I hung around, they was they was cool and all that, but everybody was cutthroat and for themselves. So I appreciate y'all for bringing that to me, man. And you know what? I like to even empower y'all a little bit more because I'm going to work on it, but I like to empower y'all, man. If y'all see me slacking, man, I would appreciate a, a smack on the back of the head, a tug of the coat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some respectful shit. So that's how we would deal with that period. If we, if that's who we think, we think we like him, we think he cool, we think he's somebody who can blend. If we, if we don't really respect him, we ain't feeling him anyway, then we just cut him off. Because that's the worst thing I could do with anybody. Any nigga I fuck with, yeah. any one of these girls, I ain't got to do nothing to you. I'll cut you off. I'm and, the same you know way. You That's see, it. Man, with my pops, man, if you're around me, that means I fuck with you. So it's like, I mean, I, I guess it's just level, different levels and thresholds. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, interpretation. Because me being around, that ain't enough for me. I, you know how you know how you know when I fuck with you, I fuck with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
not not because not because we in the same uh, 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 drinking table, not because we eat at the same restaurant, not because we pull up to the same lab. When I fuck with you, it's because I'm fucking with you. And you know I'm fucking with you because I'm fucking with you. That's an yeah. action word. You I know have- what I'm saying? But that don't that ain't the discount of credit how you look at it. You say right. shit. If a motherfucker around you, that mean you fucking with him. You know what I'm saying? There's validity to that. You know what I'm saying? I have a question. How do y'all deal with, how do a group of male friends deal with like females that are around and you know, they're cool, but they haven't had, they, they ain't fucking with nobody in the group as far as like, you know, like not intimate with nobody in the group and have no intentions of being intimate with nobody in the group. Like how do y'all embrace or how is the dynamic between a group of guys and like females entering in as just like homegirls? Sir, we already told you, you was cool. You can hang with us anytime you no, want. I'm not, I'm you just know what I'm saying? saying. <laughs> long, long, long as you drive, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the bus. Some, it's being different. Like, like some, some, some niggas try to use sex to As control group for me, that like in this situation, like this, I'm running a business here. This is like, this is a business. This this ain't for niggas to come in and throw their dick around and <laughs> try to you know try to fuck. No, none of that. This, <laughs> so if a woman a woman is around my business and you continually are at her, then you just basically saying fuck me. No, no, no. It's not. It's not like that. I'm talking about like the dynamic between like somebody like a girl. Like she just cool. Like. It's no, it's no sexual tension, no nothing like that. Like, do you all do you accept females like not actually like a, a like a nigga or whatever, but actually really kind of like a guy, but she's not. No, women are people, but I no. I, I don't accept them. <laughs> I we uh, look. You can speak for yourself on this. You can speak for you. I accept a woman as a person. Yeah. But just because she's integrated into a group of guys, she don't get that same. No. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, she'll never like, be in like that, right? The way I see it, like, look, I don't know about no group of guys because everybody got their own friends. You may know a particular person in common. But everybody got their own friends. Like you may, you may have a homegirls. I've all my friends know my homegirls. You know what I mean. And, but it's not like they were part of a group. But if one of my homegirls actually happened to smash one of my homeboys, it's just one of them things. Don't talk to me about it when it's over with. Now, if he did some foul shit, that's one thing. But you know, if y'all, if y'all, if y'all sex was consensual, wasn't no dirty weird shit going on. Yeah, hey, I respect. And it don't turn out the way it turned out for you. Don't come back to me. That's kind of how it always is. You know that's, what I mean? Y'all just do what y'all do. Don't, don't bring that shit to me. I'm all but, good But my with question that. is, has nothing, not, no sex. It's no sex involved. Like, nobody trying to get on nobody. Nobody trying to get with this chick at oh, all. She can't hang. It ain't my goddamn I, business. She can't hang there. What? No, she can't. What? Oh, oh, the oh, 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 I'm saying as long as she as long as she being a part of the group and not trying to be you know on no princess shit. <laughs> don't be in don't nah if you hanging with the fellas. Don't come in all dainty. Don't come <laughs> in all dainty and complaining and trying to turn this into how women get down. Right. Because right. at the end of the day, <laughs> niggas sometimes get into it. It's just the nature of men. You know, we get to arguing about these ideas. You right, I'm wrong. You know, but one thing men don't do in groups, if Blaze got a girl, I'm never telling him what he should be doing with his broad. Right. But that's what women do different that niggas don't do. I ain't never <laughs> yeah. telling no one, you need to leave your wife, nigga. She yeah, right, right, right. Group. You know, women do that type of like shit. Like a motherfucker. Real they, quick. We the only ones keep it real. But Dewan, get your ass out of here, nigga. You yeah. got a good woman. Go home to your girl, Me and nigga. Craig finna go fuck around and, you know what I'm saying, yeah. do that wild shit. Nigga, please. You I ain't got to tell me that shit. Yeah. I'm no, going to say it. I'm saying, <laughs> as a man, men, we do that. 
Not yeah. you, you you know you yeah. you know you real good, so you ain't got to be told that. But at some moments, we'd be like, man, get your ass out of here, my nigga. Somebody you, said, you dudes do it, yeah, dudes do it, but not 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 real niggas, not real nigga. We don't do it. We, I, I've never told a nigga to leave his girl. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I've nah. never. You unhappy nigga? You need to leave that bitch. Yeah, I yeah, ain't yeah. Never. I'm supporting whatever. Yeah, I got, you, you <laughs> as a man, that got to be a decision you come to. Yeah, I can't. exactly. I be like, well, yeah, you yeah. know how she been doing the last four times. She did the same shit, so. But hey, whatever the fuck you do is what you do. I'm going to say your boy regardless. Uh, yeah. That bitch don't love you, nigga. Yeah, well, now, women, now, woman. Yeah. Tell you. <laughs> I ain't never heard niggas yeah, say, girl, she don't love you. I ain't never heard that in my life, He didn't bro. take you to a four-course dinner? Shit, I wouldn't accept accepted that. She don't shut love your you. motherfucking mouth. They got them fed you hand sandwiches and shit. You trying to yeah. tell the next woman she shouldn't. Have, you know what I mean? Women hate like that. They full of shit. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we don't be emotional in our feelings in, in circles of men. <laughs> Niggas be trying to, we be trying to impose our wills on each other by the nigga. My idea is better than your idea. Yeah. <laughs> There's no goddamn way a Chevy carburetor is pushing out a Ford torque than a Ford carburetor, okay? You know, That's man. the type of shit we be arguing about. Yeah. What you got for us, Daisy? Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> She's like, I'm not on my topic screen. Was, was, they said, Do you tell your little brother or cuzzo? Um, that, that depends. You know, that that depends. I mean, if my little brother got a woman that's cheating and she for the streets, I'm going to say, hey, nigga, you know she for the streets. This yeah. nigga smash, this nigga smash, and this nigga smash. You sure you want to be with her? Yeah. Cool. If he say cool, I ain't talking about it no more. That's you between you and you your right, brother. You throw that warning. Brothers will throw that warning shout out, but once the other brother commit and say this is what I'm going to do, yeah. at that point is. I, I agree that warning shot go out, but I even think it's unnecessary because there ain't no retarded dudes in my group. And, and I had to come to that myself because I'm very boisterous, so I like to share, and especially if I know some. And then we're talking about a lane that I'm really good in. But I had to, I had to, I had to learn myself. Shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? This nigga ain't stupid. That's his choice for his reason. And, and shit, you like it, I love it. That's the only way. Yeah, I operate off the you cool, I'm cool policy. Hell yeah, you cool. <laughs> I'm cool. What you say, Daisy? So <clears throat> the creator of Dilbert. Um, Scott Adams uh, was dropped from uh, a book publishers uh, distributions distribute, distribution mm. distribution distributions mm-hmm. over racist comments. Uh, he was encouraging white Americans uh, to get away from black people. Um, he said that black Americans were considered a hate group. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really went on a, a racist rant and uh, posted a video on it. And he didn't. It's been getting a lot of uh, lashback. Yeah, be yourself, man. I, I like the ones that tell you know that's how you feel. Speak that shit, man. You talk that talk, George. You know what I mean? He said we a hate group. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, he see, he basically he was going around saying that why he tried to be he's been called racist and he want tries to help black people out and basically white people have done enough to help black people out. They just need to separate from us. Because we just don't, because black people, he said, because 50% of black people said they basically don't fuck with white folks. Uh huh. But like, so because of that, we hate group. Right. The fact that you say you gotta help <laughs> a group out, we can stop right there. Why you gotta help us out? Motherfucker, you cleaning up your own mess. This ain't, we not messy people. You know what yeah, I mean? No, so the just, fact that he took it at that angle, that already tell you who. The thing is, black people would be good if we just left the fuck alone. White people don't, it's crazy how white people, Operate on autopilot with uh, white supremacy because mm-hmm. 
they really don't have an understanding of the privilege. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't even give them that. They totally understand the privilege, and they, like they're unwilling to give it up. And I wouldn't either. Right. Uh, I'm not even mad at them for it. Like, look, if I got an advantage to where I can get these dusty ass niggas to take pennies on the dollar for all their great talent, and then I get to talk about them, I get, and I don't have to ever face my own problems because all all the degeneracy, rape, and bullshit going on in my community. We can just pin on them niggas and we ain't got to deal with it. Yeah. I, that's a cool deal. I'm telling you. Right. I'm not even mad at them for that. That's a cool little deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, shit, that, I don't know if I would give up my position. Yeah, I, my, yeah I'm not w- mad. Women been fri- fighting for equal rights for years, and I'm not relinquishing my stranglehold uh, <laughs> on the bitches, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving it up. Oh, no. Yeah, you know? yeah. You gotta be stronger than me to take some stuff. Hey, that's real, real talk. That's you, some white dude sitting back in his in his smoking jacket right yeah. now. Like, yeah, talk that talk there, uh, Craig. Yeah, you tell him, Craig. I ain't giving yeah. shit. Okay, give it up, ladies. I would yes. never moan as loud as you in the sack, ladies. Yeah. So I I, th- I think what he did what he did was like, look. We like we as black people all the time. We be trying to explain away their degeneracy. We gotta face the fact that this is how a lot of these motherfuckers think. And the evidence is, since he's been let go from his newspaper gig, Mark Dice and a lot of these uh, white folks have been coming to his defense. Even the ones that have been acting like they're they're against him. I saw one liberal or I forgot her name, but it was one of the liberal blue checks. She was talking about although it was inappropriate what he said. Does it really mean he needs to lose his way of living? But them, them the same people who, if Kanye, or, uh, if Kanye West or Kyrie Irving say something against a the thing, they need their contract stolen from them. You know what I mean? Okay. So we see how everybody plays com- complicit in the system. You know what's interesting about that word degeneracy? Degenerate, the definition, having lost the physical, mental, or moral qualities considered normal and desirable, showing evidence of decline. Okay. It, I agree with the whole degeneracy label, but it's weird how how many things that they're not degenerate in. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like financially, they're not. You know, when they're not? I would say they are. You would say that you would say that white people are financially degenerate. Here's the reason why. Here's why I say that because according to their word, their words, uh, business is warfare. Right. And so they spent all day, like, look at Mitt Rom- Romney and how he made his fortune. He made his fortune just saying KB Toys was running good and great, no issues, none of that shit. He said, okay, there's some a few billion dollars we can make out of that. Let me buy that company that's doing well. They just need a little bit of money to get through this little bullshit-ass uh, tough, tough year. Right. But we're going to put the, the interest rate so goddamn high, this company's never going to be able to come back, and then we're going to front-load it with a whole bunch of fucking debt, cash out that shit, and then file for bankruptcy and liquidate the company. Now millions of kids around the world don't get around America don't get to enjoy toys because three white people wanted to make an extra billion dollars. These motherfuckers are degenerate. Like this is how they are with each other. We as black people, the reason why we ain't ready for it is because they've been practicing on each other the whole goddamn time. And then here we come thinking, I got a good idea. Well, you know what though? I mean, this I I don't know if degenerate is the right word, man. I think it's deception. When it comes to the the birth numbers, the amount of white folks being born every day is less than the amount of white people dying 
And so in that form, when it comes to reproduction, based on Dr. Francis Crest Wesseling, who says that they fear that we can annihilate them through genetic or through breeding, I feel like in that form they're degenerate. But I think what Major, what, Major made a good point. Major in the chat room said greed is degeneracy. Greed is degeneracy, but in the definition of degenerate yeah, is is decline. Yeah. So so greed is an increase, but it's all but it's also a moral decrease. So it's like it depends on how here, much here, greed here, in comparison to how much. Here's the reason why I say that America got hella greedy in the '80s in the Reagan years. America was at its height of power as far as world influence, the ability to dictate what goes on in the world between 1950s and the 1980s. It was, in, it was at its absolute power. Couldn't nobody else in the world fuck with what we were saying here in America. Right. When America got hella greedy with its finances during the Reagan administration, that's when you started to see the, the re-rise of Russia. That's when you started to see China rise again. China wasn't shit back in the 80s. But because America is so degenerate with its money, instead of saying, you know, let's keep these Americans employed, let's keep the economy employed, and let's keep everybody good, two or three degenerates said, fuck all this shit. We're going to send these jobs to China because we don't want to pay American citizens two extra dollars an hour more, and we can pay them motherfuckers two cents an hour to do it. And they built a whole fucking new world economy at the expense of this whole uh, of this country. Like, these motherfuckers is financial d. Generates, and that's why all of us is fucking broke, and it's got two trillion there's and, and two trillion broke people. They I, I, mean, I, I agree, but I don't think that they're trying to be inclusive with everybody. Like you, you understand what I'm saying? Like the Cold War, the Cold War started in 1947, bro, right after World War II. And that that came out of degeneracy. That right. was born out of degeneracy because Russia put they put in 90 percent of the work to beat the Germans in World War II. And when it came to the Marshall Plan, they didn't get no fucking money. Right. Japan got more money than Russia, and Japan was on the side of the Nazis. Right, right. So that was, again, that was the United States stepping in when the Marshall Plan came, saying, yeah, the Russians did all the work, but fuck them motherfuckers. We're going to rebuild England, France, Germany, and then Japan, and then we're going to put all of our information and technology in Japan, and we're going to finance Japan to come up with Sony, Panasonic, and these companies out of financial degeneracy because of the war that's been going on between white people, the Western European and the, and the Eastern European for the last 6,000 fucking years out of the sorry-ass mountains. Again, it, all that shit be going back to degeneracy, man. These niggas is degenerates financially. We just come... They they deal with us way down line. They've been dealing with each other on this shit way before they fuck with us. I mean, I, I you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I definitely see... I definitely see the logic in it, but I don't know, man. I don't know if they are degenerate financially because I don't know if they were trying. I don't think they're trying to be all inclusive. I think there's a select amount of people who constantly benefit and gain and everybody else is collateral damage. And that's the definition of degenerate because at the end of the day, it is degenerate because they know at some point it's going to slowly grind away and lose influence. And it's going to slowly degenerate into something. And that's why empires rise and fall. Right. And this empire is on a way to fall because of degeneracy. But it, so, so if something is strategic and something happens according to plan, right. is that degenerate? Like if, if something degenerating is a part of the plan, I guess it would make it. If it's planned by degenerate, yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess, I don't know. It comes down to the mindset of the people implementing the plan and those following through with it. Right. When everything falls, it ain't falling on them. 
Yeah, it's falling on us. Yeah, raining on our head. Yeah, yeah man. But at the same time, there are certain people so that people. actually, in a de- degeneracy, they actually come up with brilliant ideas. They actually have different things that are still valuable. Of course. Trauma brings in ideas. Ain't nobody pulling up to a concentration camp in a Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. We've been they tossing niggas in the back of dump trucks, nigga, yeah. and piling us on top of each other, man. You know, and that's just what it is. What else you got for us, Daisy? Um, <clears throat> so Sam Smith uh goes pretty viral for uh posing for Perfect Magazine uh with like five or four different um pictures where in one of them uh he's wearing a top like a women's top and skirt and he is portraying to be pregnant um he's stealing from the other gay boy look, <laughs> <laughs> look at that that's the racism in the gay community <laughs> Lil Nas X is the first to act like he was pregnant come on Sam Smith <laughs> he already stole the R&B so why not steal that shit uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Sam Smith, sit your bum ass down. Is is there like uh some? Because they're saying that some people are saying that it was he was being creative, like you know he he was trying something different, and you know, yeah. is there a limit to like yeah. ar- what artists I, should do? I, to- I, I don't say it's a limit. Do what you're gonna do, right. but in you doing what you're gonna do, I got the right to judge and be like, that's hey beautiful. man, that's some bullshit. Hey man, what's the di- what's the difference between this and what Lil Nas X did a year ago? It was all it was all it was all weird UK. as fuck. All that shit weird. Man. I, I say do whatever you want to do. Right. I don't even know who he is, but that's probably why. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you're an artist. You create. You can put on lipstick and pumps and all that too. That's your business. You know what I mean? Is it is it really him being creative, or is it like you know him like? Desperate for attention, and that, that, that wouldn't even go that far. You just, you just, you into what you into. Man. I can't even think. You know what I'm saying? You can't ask me about what a homosexual would do. Like, Blaze, what do you think about our? our what, what if you were homosexual? I, I can't even relate. To that. <laughs> I got a question. I got a would question. you do that? <laughs> Sarah just had the picture up on the screen. Uh-huh. Which one? The common denominator is People Magazine. It's not about the fucking article. I mean, what the artist was doing. It's about what people, what what image People Magazine wants to uh, wants to portray to all of us, and you know what I mean. It's like these artists, these people that we use, these t- these top ten niggas, these niggas is controlled. And they're like, go and take look. You got a photo shoot at five o'clock. Take your old punk ass on down there, and then we gonna choose the image, and it's gonna say whatever the fuck we wanted to say. It's called shock marketing, man. Yeah. It uses taboo subjects, right? Social issues that we typically ignore to intentionally attract widespread attention. And trigger a strong reaction. It's the same thing as calling an out of pocket woman a bitch. Bitch, shut up. Yeah. Come on. You're trying to wake her up. <laughs> Come on. Man. Trying to get her attention so she could realize what's in front of her. That's all this is, man. <laughs> but do y'all remember artists, uh, music artists back in the day having to have such like propaganda and all this like weird shit happening? Yeah, Michael yes. Jackson was a weird oh, nigga, man. Yes. He didn't Michael. need that. He didn't not, need the not, not when thrilling all that first came. You Mike, said what? Michael, Michael, Michael didn't need the problem. Mike's music. Mike's music was what was what 
drew people in, and the then People Magazine but, they they come up was on creating. Mike had a lot of bullshit get, story. Mike right? was supremely talented, but the dress, the glove, the yeah. yelling, all that shit is gimmicky, bro. Yeah. Nah, I would say the glove was because he had that uh that Vilago on his hand. <laughs> according to him, <laughs> yeah, no, no, grabbing his dick and all that other shit yeah. is propaganda. Mike was weird, dog. No, he was definitely weird. All, most most artists was weird. Sly Stone was weird. Shimon, come on, Shimon. Duke Ellington was weird. <laughs> Most artists are weird because it takes that kind. Of, it takes a level of weirdness to to. It takes a level of extreme to draw people into you. Yeah, so all just, artists are weird. But what I'm saying is Michael Michael drew you. What Sarah saying Michael drew you with the music. Michael. Now People Magazine and them other people they made money off creating lies about the motherfucker and right. saying he's sleeping in a hyperbolic chamber and all this bullshit right. that <laughs> we later found out was lies. So what I'm saying is, but like nowadays, like Lil Nas X, he's on the cover of People Magazine because of that. Not because name the last time Lil Nas X sold out the Rose Bowl. Right. He right. hasn't. He hasn't made what Sarah said. He hasn't made any music to warrant this level of attention. Yeah. I, I, Back in the day, you you your music got you the attention, and then they're like, okay, let's let's bring some shit up. Well, back in the day, Mike. I don't agree with that either. What you mean? Don't I think agree with what? Always <laughs> been shenanigans. The music. I didn't was, say it wouldn't be no shenanigans. The music was never first. They always put. Only the only music we really listen to are the motherfuckers who who not really popular. What was James Brown's shenanigans? Uh, James Brown was a shenanigan himself, man. His talking is ah, uh, What was, was uh, Ray Charles? Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> he was dope, but uh, I think they so. In played, other words, I the music came before the shenanigans. Yeah. Well, well, and it was at their show. <laughs> you got you got some you got some. Uh, you got some. I mean, all of them before the nineties. Before the nineties, any star like most stars before the nineties. They were famous because of their music, and then once the music got famous and popped off, then all the other shit came on came around later. But the reason why you can write so many stories about Michael Jackson in 1988 because that motherfucker was going number one in 1971. Yeah, it wasn't no shenanigans when I'll be there. It came out, motherfuckers fell in love with that shit. Yeah, and um, then he grew and his, he got the Jerry Crow, got his hair burned, they put a glove on. Now come time to tell stories. And the shit. marketing reflects the times, bro. Yeah. Michael Jackson and all them 70s, late 60s artists, that was a black power time. A lot of the marketing was aimed at black people knowing that, you know what I'm saying, we got yeah. music, we we need to unify. The Jackson 5 is a symbol of unity, black unity. So it just reflects the times. Now, unfor well, I ain't going to say unfortunately, that's just what they own, but right now <laughs> it's some gay shit going on. It, it is. Every time you read something, every, every time you read something in the news, every time you read a vlog, every time something comes on your fucking screen, at least 20% of it has to pertain to homosexual activities, who's gay, why they're gay. So this is just a reflection of the time. 20? Yeah. No, but like, you said like, more, 50? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. No, but no, like we said, like, I was talking to my dad recently because I was, my my, 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 my my black American history shirt, I got my, got my dad some of these uh, to wear. And I was telling him some of the history that, that was going on. He just was like, man, back in the 70s, we didn't know all this shit was going on because it wasn't that much media publication covering these motherfuckers' Saturday lives. Yeah. They do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. What did nobody care? Did nobody what know. happened since the eighties was the explosion of media. And now we got all these online blogs. You got TMZ, you got Lipstick Alley, you got uh uh the Shade Room. And they literally make their money off finding some shit to cover on somebody that you think is famous. Back then, that whole economy didn't even exist in 76. Yep. Everybody knew Luther Vandross was gay, but have you seen the picture of his boyfriend? Nobody give a fuck Did about it. Did you ever he... see where he was? No one, right. no, no one had that out. Like, 
We knew Freddie Jackson was gay. We knew Tevin, even in the 90s, we knew Tevin Campbell was probably gay. Hey, was why like, y'all acting like he was the first uh, openly gay artist? Little Luther. Richie was. Little Richie. He got a song called Tutti Fruity on mm. Booty. No, on Booty. About Bamboo. Little Fruity on Rudy. Little Richie. Y'all know that, huh? We knew Prince was a. You know what I'm saying? Hell, no, 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 Prince. Billy. Oh, he was knocking bitches. Billy Strayhorn, Duke Ellington's oh, music. This nigga just made a name. <laughs> like. <laughs> Billy Strayhorn. Billy Strayhorn. <laughs> John <laughs> <Devin here laughs> Like, like, <laughs> like you motherfucker, you, you, you niggas that just found music in 1986 won't know who he is. But for 40 years, this nigga was like the hottest nigga. He was Duke Ellington's right hand guy, and he was openly gay. And didn't nobody give a fuck. Right, take the A train. All them songs that oh, that still it. get played today was Billy Strayhorn. I wonder if his music. name is a pun on that Strayhorn. Oh, he said he was out there taking some, straight Some horn. motherfuckers is just that dope. Oh Prince, Prince, <laughs> Prince, Prince had ass. me arguing for him. No, no, that nigga ain't gay. This dope. Yeah, I, Prince had me arguing. You, for you, him. you was arguing how, which cut of ass chaps you liked the most, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> you liked the, like the bur- purple ones over the pink ones, didn't you, Blaze? I, I told so was you, Cameo gay because they used to dress like Prince. Uh, they had a little uh, nutsack cuff holder. Enough about cameo. Prince was so word out. You see, yeah, yeah, I remember him joining, but I didn't follow. But we don't him. think he had like the right that. Cup, the red cup. Yeah. It don't matter to black people if you dope, you dope. Right, right, but right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Had me arguing Look, for him. I we, shit. Billy but Preston. You think back about it though. This motherfucker had on heels and <laughs> what, what was man? full force gay. As a motherfucker, you shouldn't you be. You think so? You got to be. <laughs> I don't think they was. Mel, hey, I nigga, Bowleg Lou gonna be on your you know, ass. Nigga, they, <laughs> they, they didn't even say the word pussy right. You know what I'm saying? I, smell. I smell pussy. That was very rehearsed, man. Any <laughs> motherfucker who get pussy, it just flow like that. If man. y'all watching, one of you full force cats call in so you can talk about it. I don't think they no pussy. But Teddy Pendergrass was like... When he wrecked his car and, and well, he didn't uh, know that was a trans. Is that true, he didn't Phil? Know. Yeah, he didn't know that. He, he didn't know that was a trans because it was in the documentary. Well, no, in the documentary, the trans person came out. I was like, nah, he didn't know that was a woman. It was a dark, it was a dark bar. We we left and she started or he started booty wham booty bam, and that's how he got in an accident. But according to the trans person themselves, they say he wouldn't know. I didn't tell him. And the, and the bar is dark. I ain't touching that. But I mean, that's what the trans said. Yeah. But like, but, but like, even even if you go back to the late sixties, early seventies, Billy Preston was openly gay. He's known as the Fifth Beatle, but he also had his own Willie go around in circles, all that shit. He was hella popular, and everybody knew that Billy Preston and his Afro. They say he used to, they used to go to his green room, and he had like seven, eight dudes up in that motherfucker, and it'd be steaming. Ooh. Everybody <laughs> fucking knew this what shit. Steaming. That nigga, <laughs> that's what they said. That was his in Billy Preston's own unsung. What's <laughs> the next? Th- the next thing is gonna be weird. What's gonna be the next cause everybody fighting for? Oh my God. I think for the fight of robots. The robots. The fight of robots. Robots. Robots got rights too. Because the gay thing, y'all, y'all losing y'all luster. We used to it now. <laughs> you gay? All right. Who gives a fuck? It ain't nobody cares. I, ain't nobody gay bashing no more. What is next? Chat GPT? No. Uh, I can write my report on Chat GPT. You being discriminatory. Yeah, them ain't show raps. You got that shit from Chat GPT. No, it's probably going to be AI sexual. There are people going to be. AI sexual. (laughs) What Alan Iverson got to do with it? Well, that's the answer. You know he's going to be uh, discriminating against crossovers. This motherfucker got a nice oh, crossover. Man. Hey, man. Yeah, something yeah. wrong with that, man. Hey, you know? This nigga's crossover thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smell, that, smell that crossover win. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, man, I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be something crazy, though, that we didn't even expect. Yeah. No, someone it says is. it's cybersexual. That's what somebody said. Cybersexual. Hey, okay. Yeah. Aren't we going to, uh, isn't presidency going to happen pretty soon? Like in a year? No, oh, president? president? Yeah, yeah, next year. Yeah, Trump going to win. Hopefully. Yeah, he going to win. What? Hell yeah, hopefully. So we can Fuck get some Biden. money. Some money, man. Get Biden bitch ass out of here. Get him out of here, man. That motherfucker got in by niggas and said, fuck you, niggas. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Sarah, are you a Democrat? I, I, I'm I an informed voter, so I vote uh, on my on the candidate that I feel that, you know, Best embraces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm, I, don't part on, I don't vote on party lines. <laughs> so you you are a nope. Trump supporter then? I Come on. I like I don't like the the man, but a lot of the things that he does stand for is uh is every is is pro human. So would you vote vote for Trump over Kamala? Absolutely, I can't stand. Oh wow, yeah, Kamala, yeah, oh, they're gonna burn a cross yeah, in your yard. Trash. No, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, hey. <laughs> a black woman's gonna burn a cross, and yo, you're probably gonna be a stud. Come on, a Fubu cross. We did it, Joe. No, Fubu. fuck her. We gonna go on a. Uh, you got a, you got another uh, topic for us, Daisy? Um, no. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go blaze. What you got for us, Blaze? Um, <laughs> Since you laughing. Right, right. Over here laughing. <laughs> Good. I'm ready to talk. God damn it. You don't understand me. God. Um, y'all trip off this podcast, man. I be looking at these goofy motherfuckers because I like to see what's going on. But this is a group called uh, uh, Whatever. So they own a Whatever podcast. And this woman asked a man, you know, if he had to choose between having sex with a a, a young, gorgeous, trans woman or the oldest woman in the world, what would he choose? And he said, that's easy. I'm fucking the oldest woman in the world. I ain't gay. I don't, you know, and she really went hard on him, man. Went big, like, like you know, like like he being, uh, what's that? Transphobic. Word? She walked out. Yeah, transphobic. Walked out like he transphobic. I'm like, is she fucking serious? <laughs> who the fuck, who, I, you know, whatever you do is your business, but don't, pussy is pussy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, pussy. <laughs> I, I, I ain't going for no goddamn trans nothing. I don't care yeah, how old, how skinny, shit, how but that's fat, pussy. how yeah, pussy. You know pussy. what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's that's how pussy. I knew that that group Craig said was wasn't straight because they ain't even say the word pussy right. But okay. yeah, I ain't going for no shit like that. And the fact that she had the nerve to get an attitude with him because he made his choice because he was heterosexual, then she attacked him, calling him transphobe. What kind of goofy shit is that? What are we coming to? Man, that's what they got us to the women. Mm, the LGBTQ community uh, infiltrated manhood through women. Women sympathize with uh, that movement okay. because they feel like they're nurturing, they're protecting people who've been discriminated upon and right. against. But they don't realize that that whole movement has been politicized. It's not something that is meant for the protection of people who are gay. It's meant to further an agenda. Right. The gay agenda is different than protecting someone Who's who gay. is homosexual. Right. Once it become once it becomes politicized, it's money involved. It's a business. You know what I'm saying? It's a business now. Yeah. And so and 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 it's unfortunate, you know what I'm saying? Because there are really truly 
cool gay people who need protection and representation who aren't with the political shit. But how can we build bridges and connections to those who have genuine hearts and genuinely just want to be loved and accepted? How do we differentiate between those and the motherfuckers that is just trying to hijack what black people have fought for for all these years, right. they want to step and hijack the movement and the benefits and the fight that we've front lines since goddamn since since Reconstruction. Talk that talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, Real how shit. do you differentiate the difference? And you can't. You know what I'm saying? And it's 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 not well, a good the thing. The way I, the way I differentiate it is this: Look, yeah, I, I know some gay folks who are gay as hell. But they don't align with the LGBTQ party. Yeah. The LG that whole flag, that's a political party. And we have to see it that way. And they have a political agenda. And it's not good. It's not it's not good <laughs> you, or bad. You literally said everything this nigga just said. I'm not finished. Oh, okay. <laughs> say the rest of it. I thought your glasses could see what's coming next. <laughs> oh, nigga, I'm gonna jump in and say something stupid. <laughs> um I tell you we need a new carburetor with you. <laughs> Yeah. No, so so basically, we, we got to see the LGBTQ thing. They're a political party. Uh-huh. There's not. There's not about them. Their sexual preference. That that's that's part of it. But it's because there are there are gay people out there who do see them as a political party. That a political party that's doing things for their own ultimate end. That ultimately don't help anybody who's gay or transsexual or bi. Right. Because it's people who run these parties who, who are funding this shit that they got their own selfish means from. So we got to see them as a political party. And just saying I reject the LGBTQ political agenda doesn't mean I reject gay people right? or LGBTQ people. I can still love you. You still be who you are. But your political affiliation, your political agenda is in direct confrontation with mine. Right. My, my, and, and your political agenda is using what my ancestors fought for. Now, if you take your political agenda and you use it on your own, I ain't got shit to say. But since you done crossed the street, and you, Jesse, um, the Black Panthers made that flag for everybody. You took that shit and got selfish with it. Right. You know what I mean? You, we, we put the fist up, talking about coming together as a people. You took that shit and othered it. See, like everything that we create that you take, you make it for you, and you don't give a fuck about us when that money come in. When the so as long as you like that, you be over there, we be, we be over here, and let, let the best man win. When the pastor and the police murdered my cousin a year and a half ago, shot him in the back three times. While he was running, he didn't had no shoes on. He was running, holding his pants up, got shot in the back three Damn. times. Once they caught up to him, they leaned on his back and he bled out and died. Right? Damn. So when we when they had the rally, Black Lives Matter was at the rally. Right. Right? Them it's all these things. it's a bunch of black folks out there and it's a bunch of gay motherfuckers from Black Lives Matter. We've never seen him in the hood before. Ever. <laughs> Cousin didn't have money for a lawyer. He got three kids without a father. Mother don't have a car. Man. This shit was all over, uh, all over the news. You know what I'm saying? They didn't help, but they didn't help with nothing. They just came and used it to to bring more light to whatever it is that they was fighting for. And they didn't, and the families of the people who were murdered by the police have gotten no benefit from this from this group. <laughs> using that using that agenda. And they're using that agenda to get bread. And you see what they did? They were the all Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter was, a, was from a political action community called Ag Blue. And Ag Blue been around since 1994. 
and they use whatever the new topic of the day is to get money for democratic purposes that go back to LGBTQ type shit. So if a nigga get if a black person gets killed, usually straight, because usually he got some kids and a girlfriend or Breonna Taylor, she got a boyfriend straight. They go around saying, "Oh, give us all this money." Now all black lives matter. Let's put a pink rainbow fucking flag in this shit. And let's take the money and put it towards these other causes that don't help black people. That's where our fucking problem is. Leave us some, just leave us a fuck alone. Raise, raise your money on your own. We good. Right. But you coming around on our shit and using our pain and our plight and shit changing. Y'all getting richer, but we still dealing with this bullshit. That's why I was like, we got to see it. We got to know that the, that the party is different than the individuals because individuals out there. That's, that's 100. Yeah, I agree. Because well, white people are lazy. They didn't want to work, so they brought, they 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 uh, enslaved Negroes in order to do work for them. So instead of them <laughs> getting agendas and stuff pushed for themselves, let me just use the nigga. I'm not going to give the niggas nothing. I'm just going to get a gay nigga. The women's groups did the same thing with the black movement. Yeah, everybody does it. We're an easy target. We the only group, black people are the only group that don't have a political base to fight back <laughs> on a mainstream level. You can say whatever you want about us. That's you can put out whatever propaganda you want about us. And we don't have the ability or the resources to fight back because... That's just what it is. That that that's what it is. And part of the reason is we we be letting these motherfuckers do this shit. Let's tell the truth. Niggas be Man, niggas be happiest. Niggas be happy as fuck. Let a nigga, you can turn on YouTube right now. Let a white boy dance uh, halfway as good as a nigga. Niggas will be like, oh, don't that is nigga gyrate all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Nigga, niggas, we, we when they come around on that bullshit, we will we let this shit happen. And then when they take the shit, we be like, what happened? We, that's some behavior that we can change. It's, it's no, that shit generally entertainment. You know what I'm saying? When you, if one of them white boys get on the court was when we ball and one of them niggas cross Craig up one time and duck on him, we gonna all jump up and down like that was the craziest shit in the world. But 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 don't say we all, man. We <laughs> all gonna jump up and down and be like, God damn, he just ducked on Craig. But the reality of it is that's one play, that's one time, and it was just amazing shit. Because Craig do it all the time. Ten plays later, ten plays before that, it's just regular shit to us. So um, yeah, they went, we they went, they went crazy for Mac McClung. Yeah, exactly. And old boy did that dunk ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's also, that, again, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Going to how we help, like we we are so we be so amazing that shit. We look at shit as regular, and we let these motherfuckers get a C grade of what we do. We push them to the top. Right. I'm not even gonna go to them white folks. It'd be after we push them to the top because we got a C-rated white boy that, that did something that was, it was cool. Right. But what happens when you black? Beyonce had the dopest ass country song in 2013. They didn't right. even show her fucking performance. Right. We, niggas don't understand that we literally at war. We still be like, oh man, everything is good. And right. even, though, even though I may privately get that uh, and feel a certain way, I, I'm understanding the perception of these kids that are watching. You know, that's Sagittarius worldview. I got a couple close friends that are Sagittarius's. And Sagittarius is, they live in an idealistic world sometimes when they're too sad. And, and basically, they just want things to be a certain way. So sometimes it's not about the details of what's wrong. It's just, hey, man, let's just focus on the positive. Let's just focus on, you understand what I'm saying? And to me, that's not always the, the best thing to do. It's like, how, how can we... Cause how can we evoke change if we always focused on the big picture? The big picture is not necessarily uh, why we're here. It's the, the small shit in the big picture that is mm-hmm. fucking us over. Got to get both, <clears throat> nigga. When that when them Black Lives Matter people came to Pasadena, it was three hundred bloods in the park. 
It was probably it was probably a thousand guns that day. How come how come we didn't chase them motherfuckers out of there? Let me tell you why. Because when D uh, when uh, when D Ray McKesson got slapped up by that boy in St. Louis, uh, what's that? What's his name? That boy, the locks in St. Louis. When D Ray McKesson came down to St. Louis uh, after after Mike Brown got killed, uh, he got slapped up by one of the buzz. I'm drawing a blank to his name. And two weeks later, that nigga ended up with bullet holes in his chest, and his car got set on fire. Right. A lot of them. A lot of them niggas in St. Louis. When them Black Lives Matter people was coming on that bullshit. They was getting slapped up and getting pushed up off the block, and like three or four of them niggas ended up dead. Right, that's what happened. Yeah, man. You know, I love my Sagittarius's, man. But you know, they, a lot of times they be in. Places, Darren Seals was his name. Darren Seals. They be bad. they be in places of power because they're very political as far as like they care about being the head of a group. They want people to listen to their grandiose ideas of what shit should be. But that doesn't mean because it's unchallenged that it's the right thing to do. What you say? Uh, that was no. Siri. Just hard uh -huh. talking. <laughs> Siri, shut up, bitch. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, stop letting these Sagittarius just, uh, have you living in this delusional state because they got these grandiose <laughs> ideas based on shit they read and they think they know the way it's supposed to be and if you don't do it the way they think you should be doing then they don't fuck with you like that man be don't be scared to stand up against the sads and be like nigga i love you but you're wrong <laughs> because just because you ignore a problem don't mean it don't exist yeah it don't mean it don't exist man i'm telling you black folks i'd have been on jobs where it's four five hundred people and ten black people <laughs> How does it get to that? How does it get to how does it get to a, a point where you got a good company, a good fucking union job paying $40, $50 an hour, 500 employees, and 10, 15 black? Three receptionists, two janitors, nice. four security guards, and only two are getting the money. That's, that's coming all That's because niggas top. are delusional. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You know, we stopped looking at employment as a commodity. Employment is a commodity. It's a resource like gold and silver. Beyond beyond just the normal everyday stuff, blacks should be unity because it's a labor floor, force that gives us power, a, a speaking power, a voting power. But we get stuck in these grandiose delusions where we think you got to be a college nigga. Go to college, get a master's degree. Like everybody want to do the same thing. You know, somebody need to slap a few motherfuckers across the face and say, hey, man, we not even in the game, nigga. We not even in the motherfucking game, dog. Real talk. Anyway, we're going to go to a quick break. Uh, when we get back, um, more Craig Facts.
Charles Sharpton. Really, nigga? You let Don King slap you over a bag of scrunchies. So I started a campaign, Real Ass Matters. Because I think we need to stop fucking with these bitches with these fake booties. It's ridiculous. Like, we should pop them. When you see a fake booty, you should just pop that motherfucker. Like, shit. Damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm, I'm a real bitch. You know, like, I'm going to stay a real bitch till I die. And real bitches don't do shit for niggas like that. Like, we're not about to go please you, injecting shit in our ass. We don't even make the bed up for you. Like, we don't even like your mama. Like, fuck your sister. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, real bitch shit. Like, I'm not finna go get shit in my ass for you to play with? What the fuck? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Listen to this shit. Like, sit your ass down. Nigga ain't even got a good job. So, like, you want me to have a bigger ass? Really? Like, tired of it. I'm tired of being a parent. Give it up. I'm almost done. I just started liking that bitch, and then I was like, nah, not really. I don't, um, because I didn't get that. You know, they said when she first come out, you're supposed to get that mother in hell. No, I didn't get none of that shit. Like, I didn't even like to used to hang her shit on the refrigerator. Like, fuck all that shit, bitch. You can't draw. Like, um, <laughs> fucking my refrigerator up. Like, um, <laughs> like, that shit's not cute. We be praising that shit. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> the fuck? Uh, <laughs> it was terrible. So, um, I'm tired. What artist inspired you to do what you do? Uh, kind of bad to say right now, but I'll say Will Smith's personality, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's intensity, and Johnny Depp's creativity. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the shit for it, though. All right. Yeah, definitely. I usually love... Sleeping home alone. <clears throat> Hold on, man. man. This time. Wait, 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 man. Let me let me get this. Alright, let me get this. Wait, I got I gotta loose the hips. Alright. Okay. I usually love and play about to get it. I'm about to get it soon though. Uh this time around, bring a friend with you. But we ain't really got to sleep. All right, bring that. I, I, I don't think this is going to be uh, the show for you, brother. Man, I'm telling you, man, you got to let me, like, get it into it first. Like, I got to Tony Snail, look, <clears throat> this is oh, not snap. the show for you. It's time for okay. you to go, man. Hey. Nobody told you to come out here and dress like a graham cracker tonight. Oh, All right, nigga. Hey, wait. I said, wait, wait. A lot of you bitches need to take your pussies off your body and dump it in the garbage. No, no, ladies. How you a grown woman and still fucking niggas because they cute? Get you a man with some character. My name is Douglas Johnson. I go to work every day. I help and contribute to my family. Uh, I know how to fix brakes or changes. I don't really have Jordans or any type of uh, material shit. And I work too hard to just get my money away. Look, I don't give a, really give a fuck about what's happening, but I just care about my family. Ladies, being a man is a simple task. You do what you have to do, kill what you have to eat, and don't let bullshit repeat. I feel like uh, we just don't respect the currency, you know, to us it's just paper, you know. Like, if you want black people to, you know, be better with money, I suggest we switch the currency to Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> black people are great with Jordans, you know what I mean? 
It's like, hey man, how much is your rent? Two jorts, what, two jorts? Mine is three, I gotta live where you live. How much gas, man? 13, what, 13 dollars? No, 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 the number 13 jorts, right here, gold edition. Just take this up there and you can get gas. I got two of those at home, I'm gonna get those. Now get some movement, man. Yeah. Oh, so y'all y'all want me to bounce around and bounce, bounce around and bounce, bounce? I can't do all that. I'm fat, Mr. Fantastic. We stand still. It's kill shit. What you mean? Oh uh, no, man. Um, let's see if you could just do another acapella, man, and implement our suggestions. Oh right, shoot, what's your suggestions? All right, man, just bounce around, move, right. be vibrant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, take it. Fuck it. Action. I do this quick. I come quick. I be in this shit all day in this shit. I move around quick. They want me to move around, so I do it swift. I'm hot out here, cold weather. I do it with no sweater. Hold Ugh. on, hold like, on, bro. You just basically uh, did the same exact thing you did before, man. Check, look, look, bro. This is this is this is what, this is what niggas gonna get, bro. Like I can't, like nigga, I'm not finna like burn a calorie up here, bro. I move, I sit down and make money, bro. But we need that, man. We, we need we need entertainment. So I don't got no energy? Nah, you ain't got no nah, energy. Y'all got, got a muster in this bitch? Like, they get high on some sugar real quick. Like, what y'all saying? <laughs> oh, God. What's up? Uh, man, this this probably this probably ain't the show nah, for you, Nah, I don't man. think so, my but, nigga. What? So, so y'all so capping now? Like, I, I ain't come with no cap. Like, nigga, I'm what? Uh, oh, no. We dog walking. Yeah, we about to Whoa. What's the What? Bro, stop playing, my nigga. I, re I really make money, bro. Like, I'll buy this show, bro. This is for your cameraman, bro. Stop playing with me, nigga. Oh, this nigga being hey, disrespectful. Stop. What y'all hey. mean, disrespectful, nigga? Hey, homie, like, this is actually my show. So bro, no what? This another band for you. What you talking about, bro? What is you niggas talking about, bro? What is you niggas talking about, bro? Watch out, bro. Watch out. Watch out, bro. This is my shit, bro. Everybody sit the fuck down. No problems, big fella. Everybody sit the fuck down. Man, hell no. Sit the fuck down. What you need? Hey, y'all niggas good? Everybody good? All right. Like I said, it is my... Don't get dog walked. Hey. Welcome back to this episode of Craig Facts. We got on our early Craig Facts shit. We were pro-black than a motherfucker. We didn't talk about shit going on <laughs> right now. <laughs> It's the last day of Black History Month. It's the last day of Black History Month. We got to go hard. Got to do it. Yeah. Even though, even though Egypt kicked out Kevin Hart for saying Egyptians is black and all that shit, we still, you know, we gotta, we gotta fill in the gap. You know what I mean? Talk all that shit. Right. Yeah. I don't know why Egyptians are fighting the truth. You do realize Egypt is in Africa, right? <laughs> you do know that there's records of y'all moving into that motherfucker in the 600s. Like the shit's on like. Shit's written like in a thousand different languages when you motherfuckers got there. Why are you in denial? That's can we, crazy. Can we mention some uh, exceptional black people in history? Can we get an, uh, a a man and a woman or something? Oh yeah, there's a whole there's a whole ton of us. Two Two Who you got for us? Educate us on somebody, Blake. Uh, I like uh, James Lafayette, James Armistead Lafayette. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe wasn't he the war spy, Duan? Yeah, the, the the brother played both sides, and then still didn't get his freedom when they was done. <laughs> yeah. So he crept over to the British side, you know, the the, the spy for the other side, and war was done. You know, he you know his contribution was major, you know, to the proper side winning. And uh, they said that they couldn't give him his freedom because the freedom was for soldiers. 
and he wasn't a soldier. But I mean, even though he played a spy, that was that was one of the most critical roles you can play in a situation like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, three years later, he was able to you know protest and get his freedom. But that should have been something out the gate. You know what I mean? You think you would have been uh, courageous enough to uh, do something like that during slavery? Uh, Hard I, to say, right? I don't really call that courageous. <laughs> courageous to me would have been getting their weapon, boots, and guns and using it on them. Yeah, I'd have been catching catching Freeman from the Boondocks, man. I mean, was um, no he no he was got, hunting down other brothers. Huh? So you, you got Robert Smalls that did it out of slavery. Oh, I uh, love Robert Smalls' story. Robert Smalls got out of slavery, stole the Confederate ship, took it to the Union, uh, came back, ended up convincing Abraham Lincoln to get black people to fight for the uh, Union in December eighteen sixty two. Black people started fighting for the Union, and because Union was getting their asses whooped, and then when the niggas started fighting. And I have uh, 15 documented ancestors who fought in the Civil War. Seven were, uh, ten were enslaved. Five were fr- five were free, and still went, still still went and fought to free other black people. Right. And and, and that was Robert Smalls. And then he turned around and uh, bought the house that he was born a slave in, and then ran for Congress and won as a seat in Congress as a former slave. And and, and so that Robert Smalls is my Hiram Revels. He took Jefferson Davis's seat at the end of the Civil War. Uh, as far as the first one of the first black senators, you got Callie House. She was pan Af- pra- practicing Pan Africanism uh, sixty years before Marcus Garvey. You know what I mean? We got so many. We got uh, Mary Ellen Pleasant. She was a black woman that was giving money to John Brown. So John Brown went and did his raid on Harper's Ferry when he was fighting when, when that white man was fighting against the U.S. government. It was actually financed by a black woman named Mary Ellen Ple- Mary Ellen Pleasant. Hey, all and that we just shit, starting, man. All that shit is cool, but my favorite black inventor of all time. Here we go. Go ahead, brother. Is Lonnie G. Johnson. Lonnie. That's the nigga. Invented, that's the nigga invented the super soaker. <laughs> Lonnie. That gave me joy in my childhood. He was an aerospace engineer. He invented a lot of other stuff. He was an incredible yeah. man. But the super soaker, nigga. Hey, hey, Craig. You know what's crazy about about it? I remember life pre-Super Circle and post. Yeah. Because pre-Super Circle, you had these guns, guns and pss, 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 Right. You little punk We gun. got that Super Circle. You got to kill that Super Circle 2000. The nigga, backpack. that yellow You put your backpack nigga. on. Nigga. <laughs> you a soggy and nigga whole fit with a Super Circle. Something <laughs> changed, boy. I remember we was at a mall. I almost got killed fucking with a Super Circle. <laughs> oh it was me, Tory Stewart. It goes by TJ now. You're still Tory to me, TJ. <laughs> and it was Andre Babb. Yeah, I'm snitching. We was at the Eastland Mall. Pulled up on this older Vietnamese dude and his wife. He had an all-white linen suit on, and they was putting stuff in the trunk. Mm. We unloaded the whole super circle. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. you're wet when you can see your nipples through your shirt. <laughs> whole super circle. He went to the trunk, grabbed a shotgun. Man. When he grabbed the shotgun, instead of driving off, we all hopped out the car and ran, left the car. Panic target. They all ran in the uh, uh Dre ran in the dick sporting good. We left the car running behind his car. Y'all still oh, better yeah. than us. We used to piss in them containers. Oh yeah, y'all ride by and catch people at the bus stops. <laughs> Damn. Put bleach in them and shit. We used to ruin our Outfits, man. 
We did that at the at our church camp. <laughs> oh, that's at, at, at church camp, niggas were pissing the balloons and the, doing a water fight. Yeah, shit yeah. like that. We yeah. was bad you little kids. Man. What about Charles Drew? Oh, yeah, Charles Richard. Hell, yeah. Charles Drew was Not a cold-blooded Drew. dude. Born in 1904, died in 1950. He didn't live long. If you've, if He's the inventor of the blood transfusion. He worked together with some people at Red Cross, and they came up with a way to transfuse blood. Ah, that's pretty dope. You know how innovative you got to be to do that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Hey, what about... Uh, oh, the Eunice, Eunice Hutton Carter... She brought down a fabled mafia boss. What about the first uh, rapper? Charles the Lucky first rapper Luciano. Was a woman. Wait, you saying that Eunice Hinton Carter was <laughs> a social worker and prosecutor mm-hmm. who investigated work in New York City in the 1930s and led to what was then the largest prosecution of organized crime in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. She was a snitch. When, <laughs> when notorious mob boss Charles Lucky Luciano met his downfall, the credit <laughs> went to the young prosecutor Thomas Dewey, who eventually ran for president. But it wasn't Carter. But it was an Carter. Assistant, but, but, it was. It, but it was Carter. An assistant district attorney on his team, who laid the foundation for this case. Carter was born in Atlanta, the granddaughter of an enslaved people. In 1932, she became the first black woman to graduate from the Fordham Law School. From Fordham Law School, and at the time when few lawyers were black or women, let alone a black woman. Hey, I got a no snitching tolerance. I can't. I can't <laughs> praise her. But we she got, was a lawyer. But she we, we, we got so we got so we got like we got so many like. We got so many greats that like not only help black people, like they're everyone else in the world, immigrants, like especially immigrants benefit from like A. Philip Randolph. Yeah. Yeah. Before A. Philip Randolph, because Woodrow Wilson made it to the point to where black people, only white people can get government jobs and stuff like that. A. Philip Randolph was the person that said, you know what? You need black people to work these government positions and have military contracts and be able to work at jobs that have military contracts like Raytheon, Boeing, and all these places like that. He rag- he organized a rally in on DC in 1941, where he because he helped get Roosevelt elected. Then he said, "I'm about to get a million niggas to come down to the National Mall in 1941 if you don't make this shit pop off." Roosevelt act- knew knew he knew he can do it, and they said, "Okay, we're gonna let niggas get these jobs." So the reason why non-black people, non-white people can work any government job or any military uh, civilian job is because of a black man named A. Philip Randolph. Oh, yeah, A. Philip Randolph. Yeah. Do. Did y'all know the first uh, the first rapper was a woman? Really? Yeah, Phyllis Wheatley. The Seas Candy Lady? No, 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 Phyllis Wheatley, man. That was the first That was the first rapper, man, back in late 1700s, man. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, she wasn't really a rapper. She was a poet, but she was real heavy with that poetry, man, and really got, uh, you know, uh, the the white folks to take notice to us, to pay attention to us, that we weren't just, you know, a uh, quarter of a person or retards or de- degenerates, as DeWan would call it. Phyllis Wheatley. Phyllis, Phyllis Wheatley. Wheatley. <clears throat> uh, would y'all want to know another one? Let's do it. Go ahead. All sir. right. Uh, we have Gordon Parks. I don't know if y'all ever heard oh, yeah, of Gordon Parks. Of course. Parks. Yeah, Focus yeah. when it's sort of dark like Black, Gordon Parks. Yeah, that whole goddamn Black exploitation area. Greatest yeah. mustache of all time. <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. Whoever wants to read this, you totally can. Oh, so, but we having a read off? It's on Blaze. Oh, it's on, it's on Blaze? Yeah. Uh, for much of the mid-1900s, it seemed like the world learned about Black America through the eyes of Gordon Parks. 
He, his creative endeavors. God damn. Uh, okay, if you don't have to read all of it, yeah. I'll be right here. Strongly versatile. Parks performed as a jazz pianist, <laughs> composed in musical scores, wrote 15 books, and co-founded Essence Magazine. He adapted his novel, The Learning Tree, in 1969 film, became the first African-American to direct a movie for a major studio, and later directed Shaft, a hit film spawned by the black exploitation genre. But he reached his artistic peak as a photographer, and his intimate photos of African-American life are his most enduring legacy. And I can't, the camera's in the way. I can't read the rest. After buying, there she go moving she. He said this camera was in the way. All right. After (laughs) buying a camera from a pawn shop at 25, Parks began snapping away. His images of life on Chicago's South Side in the early 1940s won him a job documenting uh, rural poverty for the federal government. In other words, Gordon Parks, a lot of the images, to put it all in the regular terms for y'all, a lot of those great images you see of black America during the 50s and 60s, those pictures, and like, especially as you get to the, the 70s and 80s, right. Gordon Parks was the person that took those pictures. A lot of the civil rights stuff in the 60s, he took those pictures. And the, the, the imagery of black people in the 70s, when you had Shaft, the empowering images of Jim Brown, right. Shaft, and all the people, right. he was a, the cinema photographer behind putting black people on camera, but not just on camera, but making us look like some real-ass OGs. That's dope shit. Yep. Shout, Did out, shout out to Park. What about Lisa Jalopter? Uh-oh. Uh, I could use Lisa. Her, I don't know who that is. I could use some She's Jalopter. a new inventor. She's a black female, and she Put, is beautiful than the motherfucker. Put me up on game, bro. She is who invented the animated GIF on the web. Wait, wait, wait. Spell, uh, spell, spell her name? G-E-L-O-B-T-E-R. Lisa Jalopter. Or Galopter. It could be, but I don't think it's Galopter, but I'm just guessing. <laughs> she invented the GIF. Shout out to Lisa. We love you, baby. And you are a, you are a beauty. The GIF. I'm a, okay. Let me, okay. What about Philip? What? This hey, is Randolph. Uh-oh. This is? Emigawali. <laughs> Due to the cost, Philip Emigawali was forced to drop out of school at age 14. But this didn't stop him from becoming one of the greatest computer pioneers of our time. In fact... He often called he's often called the Bill Gates of Africa. Oh. As an adult, Emigawali began studying nature, specifically bees. The construction of the honeycomb inspired him to rethink the computer processing. Rethink computer processing. In 1989, he put this idea to work using 65,000 processes to invent the world's first massively parallel processing supercomputer, able to perform 3.1 billion calculations per second. The same year, Amogawali received the Gordon Bell Prize for the application of the CM-2 massively parallel computer. Do you know who Fritz Pollard is? Who's Fritz? Bring up a picture of Fritz. Fritz is right here. Born in 1894 through 1986. Oh, yeah. Played play the USC, right? Yeah. He was he was the first black coach in the NFL. Son of a boxer. Who's going to do it? Anybody want to do the son of a boxer? I'm going to need to read the whole thing. Okay. Just, okay well. It's on you, sir. Let me see what okay. you got, Nick. <laughs> the son of a boxer. Fritz Pollard had yeah. grit in his veins. At five feet, nine inches, and 165 pounds, he was small for football, but that didn't stop him from bulldozing barriers on and off the field. Pollard attended Brown University, where he majored in chemistry and played halfback on the football team. He was the school's first black player and led Brown to the 1916 Rose Bowl, although Porter's refused to serve him on the team's train trip to California. 
After serving in the Army during World War I, he joined the acting <coughs> pros of the American Professional Football Association, where mm-hmm. later became the NFL. He was one of only two black players in the new league. Fans taunted him with racial slurs, and opposing players tried to maim him. But Pollard, a swift and elusive runner, often had a, the last laugh. I didn't get mad at them I, and want to fight them, he once said. I would just look at him and grin. And in the next minute, run for the 80-yard touchdown. That is Fritz Pollard. Are there any of his highlights we can see? I wonder if they got a highlight on Fritz. <laughs> a highlight reel? Tad ass down the field. Oh, let me, let me. I'm on Good, it. That's hilarious. Shout Back out to, to you. Fritz. Back to you, Craig. Shout out to Fritz <laughs> Pollard. We're going we gonna to wrap up this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to wrap up this show, man. It's been an excellent episode of Craig Facts today. Uh, Blaze, tell them where they can find you. Uh, y'all already know what it is, man. Bad Boy Blaze. Shout out to myself. Man, y'all go subscribe to my YouTube channel, man. Blaze the God. That's B-L-A-Z-E, the God, T-H-A-G-O-D. Holla backwards. Peace. Damn, they do got highlights of Fritz Pollard. I know. <laughs> yep, they got them. Look at Fred. Oh, Where's my the... God. Look at Ooh. their uniform. It looks funny. Like they playing by the the, the watchtower. Look like throw up tower. Yeah, <laughs> buddy, Fritz Pollard. What? About, tell them where they can find you, Daisy. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram at I Love Zule and everywhere else as uh, Daisy Suleika. Bye. Yes. Uh, at Dewan B on YouTube, DWA and then Beast on YouTube, Twitter, and all the goddamn places at Dewan B. Thank y'all for coming out to the live show this past Saturday. That motherfucker was sold out. Sorry for the people who couldn't make it. Y'all bought y'all tickets, but no refunds. But the weather fucked y'all up <laughs> for those. But thank y'all for coming anyway. We'll have another one pretty soon. Appreciate the support. Yes, sir. Hey, man, that's been this episode of Craig Facts. I got a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of cool stuff underway. About to put out a few. Uh, about to put out some Craig Facts mixtapes. About 10 albums worth. Put the first one out next week. If you want to hear the highlights of all the jokes I've told on Craig Facts over the last couple years and off other podcasts, purchase that, man. Purchase that, man. I'm going to be the first comic to break a record that I've... I got my hand... I got my eyes set on the record. I ain't going to say what the record is, but I'm putting out 49 49 albums in the next two years. Rock with me. If I owe you something, get it from God. God, God, God. <laughs>